0: Hi, I'm Han. And I'm Sheree. And you're listening to It Just Got Real. And here it is, the end of Q2, halfway through this goddamn year. I cannot believe that we're here. Tell me, Sheree,
1: what's been up with you? This moment, it got extra real. Like, one of those, like, I'm reading this on the internet and the inside of my body is melting and I'm wondering if it's still there. Oh, God. Like, (laughs) that was literally this week. So... The week started off kind of interesting in the community I'm in, in Tastemakers. I mean, Tastemakers, in many ways, a lot of our communities in New York City, it's this interesting intersection between African-Americans, you know, third, fourth generation, like African immigrants to the U.S., general, globally cool Black people <laughs> is kind of the way I think cool of it. Cool Black people, like yourself. You know. In the image of the founder. Right. So... That's kind of the squad, and that a group of people that kind of see each other everywhere. But that group can be, it feels really big, but people like making moves in it is small to some degree, mm-hmm. at least the ones you know. Mm-hmm. And so, at the top of the week, this letter and series of Twitter threads was released that basically called out the founder and CEO of OK Player and OK Africa for everything from, like, workplace harassment to sexual harassment. And a oh, lot of damn. it just detailed his trash behavior with women. Mm. And the six women who really sort of led this, um, onyekan Antoinette, Hanan, Olabisi, Ivy, Sinat, and Winnie, like, really just did an incredible job of really, like, detailing what's happened with at that publication for the past five years mm-hmm. and their experiences as black women really being stifled by this individual some degrees harassment then there was like a sexual like a uh, like coercion mm-hmm. rape sort of allegation that came out oh, and no. so literally since Monday I'd kind of been like this is very core to our community. And so a lot of people were WhatsApping me and calling me to kind of see what I thought. That's and heavy. yeah, that was the beginning of the week. But I kind of, I've had my own issues with this individual. Mm. And so I was really trying to balance like what I wanted to say versus how to support these women because I know some of them and I think they're amazing. And also processing the fact that like a lot of people were calling me to sort of check the pulse on like, is this as bad as it seems? And so it was just a really wild week. That's also kind of interesting that they would come to you to like verify it. Well, I think that's the point of these women because they actually had gone to the leadership, you know, before they went public with this and were basically ignored. Really? Yeah. So this is happening. I'm also in the middle of like, trying to get this next age of tastemakers off the ground and lean into this membership and literally change my entire business. And so there was just like a lot happening at once this week. And a few days ago, I had worked with some friends who are, you know, celeb, fairly influential folks on like their statement about this thing. And they began like their public conversation. And so I liked it on Instagram. So you were doing like behind the scenes work basically. Exactly. So I had just taken the approach of like I posted something on Twitter a couple days into the situation that was more broad just saying like I believe these women and I'm mm-hmm. doing everything in my power to create spaces where black women and black people have a voice and like so that was kind of the position I took because of my own experience I just wasn't in a space where I could separate My personal feelings for this individual with wanting to support these women. And until I found the way to do that, I thought it was best if I didn't, like, jump too far into the fire. Because you'd previously had problems with this person, too? Yeah. There were a bunch of things in my mind. Like, I thought, I don't want this to feel like I am using this as a way to, like, put in my personal attack kind of Mm -hmm. thing, like, Vendetta vibes. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm like, oh, this might sound real crazy. (laughs) And so I just wanted to get (laughs) to a place where, like, it didn't sound crazy before Mm -hmm. I said what I wanted to say. And so I kind of was just, like, waiting and decided to support behind the scenes. That's
0: really hard if you already have a lot of emotions that you've been keeping down
1: about someone. Exactly. So I was just really cautious of, like, One, I just was like, what these women were describing, I was like, not surprised, even a little bit, like, Mm, yep, yep. because I had my own journey. And so I was just like, when people asked me, like, what do you think? I said just that kind of thing. And so I was going along with my day and sort of plotting out, like, what's next in this situation, but also for everything I'm doing with the company. And I liked this post on Twitter from my friend and someone in the circle of the women that um, came out about this literally, like, dragged me and was like, you haven't been showing up. You haven't said anything personal. I mean, you haven't said anything publicly, you know, between you and Tastemakers. I am disappointed. I expect more from you. This is bullshit. Like, went off on me, on this, like, you know, fairly large. (laughs) Right. And so it was like, I remember reading it and, like, sinking. This is so far from everything I believe in, anything that's reflective of me. Like, this is just so far. And my, like, impulse was like, this is a thousand percent not true. You have no clue what I've been doing. And so, like, it just turned into this, like, back and forth thing. And I was really hurt. Like, I was in tears. Like, I was just oh, like, no, that's I've so been sad. trying to be so considerate in how I engage with this situation And I just felt like me being thoughtful completely bit me in the ass. Like, that's Mm -hmm. how I felt.
0: You were being considerate and you were doing
1: work behind the scenes as well. Yeah. So I was just like... Which is labor. Exactly. Considering all this stuff I needed to do, like, for my company, for my son, for, like, all of the things. I was like, on the one hand, like, I know that, like, these women need to be amplified. But, like, what's the most effective way for me to do this given... My own position and my own experience, you know, I just was really, like, not sure. And I tend not to move when I'm not sure. I've moved in a different way. So the positive was, like, at some point, me and this woman, you know, had a conversation. And I really realized that once you become a public face and you have that influence, sometimes that happens before you even realize that that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And... For a lot of the time at Tastemakers, I sort of half in, half out did that. Mm. But with everything we've been doing with The Thread, I've been way more front and center as a representative. Yeah, definitely. It's much more your voice now than it ever was. Exactly. And so I felt like I was being told how I could support, and that was frustrating. But at the same time, listening to her rationale, I also was like, well, damn, like— This is something I have to think about now. People are looking for my voice. Mm -hmm. And as much as I was thinking about, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing and trying to be really considerate and not make it about me, it also was a glaring void that I had no idea would be a glaring void because I didn't consider myself and my own influence. Right. I just didn't think about it at all. But
0: it's so hard to know what your own influence is. Like to get outside of your own head and body and look at yourself. And like, it's hard to know those kinds of things. I think this is like something that everybody who
1: is starting to have, or maybe has become public, like really struggles with. Because then the other side of it too is like, I remember a few years back, you know, when I was still super young, Tastemakers was like barely a year old. And I just made a series of like really critical Mistakes that, honestly, I thought at that time would have, like, taken the company down. Hmm. And we came back from it. But it took time. And I remember that drag on the internet. And I remember, like, those wounds and those things. And and I remember thinking, like, also having fear of, like, wading into this thing and not knowing what was going to be on the other side of it. And so I think part of my hesitation was my own issues with this person and not wanting what I said to be so personal and maybe vicious that it would blur the line between, like, finally having a space to say something about him publicly and, like, supporting these women. Like, I didn't want to do that. But the other part was, like, have I been perfect? I don't want to put out something that seems, like, self-righteous and Like the weight of my own mistakes as a leader also making me fearful of finding my voice. Past mistakes making me hesitant to use my voice in this way. And realizing, like, ooh, I probably got some healing to do, Mm. you know, in this too, because these layers of things are so deep that they paralyzed my ability to use my voice maybe in a particular way. So it was just a lot. Like it was Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, it's something that I'm honestly still sorting through. I hated how it happened. Like I hated that I didn't feel considered at all for who I was in this like social media. I'm going to just come for like I hated that it came out that way, but in my reflections, it's really also making me look at my own traumas as a leader and as an entrepreneur. And just the blows you take, you know, as a woman, as me doing this for the first time, like all of the things and realizing that I've buried so many things away to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And like, I was extremely triggered by this situation with OK Africa. Yeah, I've been marginalized. I've had men decide that I did something wrong and try to oust me out of my own community. Mm -hmm. I've been in situations where I'm trying to move business forward and my own Black men be the ones that decide, like, I think you're cute, so I'm going to make this a sexual conversation, Mm. regardless of, like, what I'm trying to get done. And so when this thing came out, I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, I want to... Move Tastemakers forward. I want to close maybe a seed extension so I can lean into all the amazing things we've been learning about our community. And I don't want to deal with this.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And when I was confronted about it, I had to, like, consider all of these things. So it was very real.
0: I think that's the part of this stuff that's, like, the hardest is the shock that it brings when you're, like, not ready to have to deal with it. Like, I've been in this situation before because, like you, I've also had terrible things happen to me, stuffed them down, never brought them up. Because you can't. Like, what are the options, right? Lose your job? Like, take it to HR? Like, I don't think so. We all know how that works. And so when this stuff happens to me, it's like... I feel the same exact way, which is, like, I'm trying to write this email. I'm trying to get about my day. Like, I wasn't ready to, like, take three hours off to go, like, do some, like, deep emotional healing from, like, wounds in my past from, like, 10 years ago right now. Like, that's something you schedule time for. It's not something that you just, like, are randomly doing on a Tuesday afternoon when it just, like, pops out of the blue on Twitter. But then, like, all of a sudden you are. Yeah. And... I actually remember once I was working in a studio that was, like, mostly dudes, um, actually all men, I should say. I was the only woman there. And, like, something like that happened in it. And they, I was like, I need to, like, I need to take a minute. Like, I need to just leave and, like, be out of here for a second. And they just couldn't understand why that was so difficult. And it really hit me that they have no clue how much, like, extra work we're doing when these things happen and how difficult it is to stay focused and continue just doing our jobs, especially when everybody's relying on you because you're the founder and CEO. Yeah. That's really tough, Sheree.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a hell of a week. Um, I mean, I think I'm still working through it, Mm. but it was very real.
0: It was very real. Yeah, that is very real. It's also really interesting that people are like watching as much as they are like mm-hmm. I remember a moment when something like this happened mm. and I was aware that people like watch leaders but I hadn't thought about it to that like granular like level of detail like oh shit they're like really watching everything every single thing you do and say and where and how you move and all of it mm-hmm. and they're also watching the things that you don't do and don't say exactly <laughs> And That's
1: literally I was like well damn I didn't even and know and they're gonna
0: have an opinion about it every <laughs> single time and yeah. like they're not gonna know that the reason you decided to stay silent is because you weren't feeling well that day or you were dealing with some other shit like they're always going to have an opinion and you kind of always have to be ready it's like always having your game face on regardless of the situation and it it can be
1: really tiring it is but I think it's also like at first I was like just angry about the way it came out but I was in the end grateful that it just forced me into deep self-reflection right it reminded me that you know, as a person who's creating something, you sort of put stuff out into the world and hope that people show up. But I think what I learned from this situation was like, I also has to show up and I have to be more thoughtful in how I show up. It doesn't mean that I have to do everything the exact way someone wants me to do it or in the time frame, but it helped me understand like my role Particular to this community, and identify some places where my past mistakes, my fears, my insecurities were muzzling my voice. Mm. And realizing that, like, I need to heal and also take stock of the traumas I am holding on to sort of the battle wounds from being an entrepreneur, being a female entrepreneur, being a Black woman entrepreneur, like all of those things that I just sort of absorb and keep pushing and making sure that like I am not allowing them so much power over me that I can't see. That was a big thing for me. Like I hated how it happened, but I was glad that I was provided a mirror yeah. to look in, and I was thankful that like I ended up talking to the woman and her sister, who was a part of the women that brought this Okay Africa thing to life, but also to some of my really close male friends about like what's going on here. I had another friend in D.C., Rissy Cat, who I sort of really am always thankful for because she's provided like such a amazing spiritual light and guidance into my life, and. She helped me sort of work through all the things that were, I was thinking. So it was, and it ended up being like a really good thing, but.
0: Yeah, it's a tough way for it to
1: happen. And also it's a thing that takes a lot of time. And it was also just like a record scratch. Speaking of like next part of our discussion today, like it was definitely that. My first record scratch moment of this week is sort of along the same lines. I don't know if you've seen it, but it just came out, I think today this group of anonymous Black women wrote an open letter about Essence magazine on Medium. Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet. And I think for me, both this Essence issue and the OK Africa thing, as much as it's like, I think in our community, we don't speak about the shit within our community as much because there's so much... Fuckery happening in the larger world to talk about. Mm. But I think we're also in this moment of reckoning because honestly, like Black women, sometimes it just feels like we have to deal with the shit from everybody. Mm. And I think like the OK Africa situation and now this Essence magazine open letter is like Black women who are just like, I am tired of this And since we're reckoning with white people, like let's deal with the thing within our community too. And Mm. there are levels, but the record scratch was seeing this like uber detailed takedown of the leadership at that publication. And it almost felt like a succession from what happened last week. And um, I don't know, like this just dropped today. So seeing- what happens in the week ahead is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go read it after this. Thank you for telling me. What's
1: your record scratch moment?
0: I have a tiny, more lighthearted record scratch moment to take us we into fun We need a girl, because that first part was emotional. But it does kind of relate to what we were talking about. So talking about on the topic of like, allowing your past emotions or fears or things, all this shit that happens to us in these marginalized positions that we may be in and like letting that, um, silence you or mm-hmm. guide your actions, which I think has happened to me a lot in my career. I've made, I've done really dumb stuff, like not talk to people or not <laughs> sent the email I was supposed to because I was like too afraid. Mm-hmm. True story. Um, so today, uh, or yesterday I was, um, Taking a very much, very much needed rest day yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we talked last week on the podcast about my burnout. So this was pretty real. Shout out to you. <laughs> and I took Saturday off for the most part. I did a little bit of work in the morning and then took the rest of the day off. And I was walking to um, pick up some plants that my friend, and our music advisor, Vicky, was giving me because she had extra succulents in her garden. How Ooh. lovely is that? I'm walking up to Silver Lake to her place from my apartment in Echo Park, and I, of course, look at my phone, and I notice that someone is complaining on our company account on Twitter that we're not getting back to them fast enough in their DMs. Okay. And I'm like, oh, shit, and, you know, I have that freeze moment, like, drop everything, stop what I'm listening to, Mm -hmm. like, let me see what's happening, like, what's going on, did something happen, is something broken? And I realized, like, no, this person is just reporting something they think is a bug, but they're probably just on a very slow internet connection, and there's nothing I can do about it. And also, they only DM'd us six hours ago. And so, like, I don't know, six hours was too late on a Saturday for them to get a response about a bug report. And I started typing a response that was like, oh, we're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like this is exactly what we're talking about, which is like me apologizing and feeling bad about like junk. And I was like, no. So instead I wrote this response that was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, Han the founder here, taking a much needed like Saturday off. Like, sorry I didn't get back to you six hours ago. <laughs> and And actually, it went over great, and like I put a winky face on
1: it. I mean, I was like kind of joking, but like kind of
0: not. Like, come on, dude! And um, and then we ended up having like a cute conversation. It was totally fine. But I think also it was like a good reminder and wake up call to this dude that like, yo, we're a startup, and like, guess who runs the company Twitter account? Me. Me. And so like, if I'm not responding to your DM, it's probably because like I'm asleep or something like that, and I can't do anything about this. Because you gotta sleep. <laughs> like, you know? Um, so that was a funny record scotch moment, but it was a good um, little realization to myself that, like, sometimes just taking the more, like, honestly, like, probably like what a dude would do, like that path, like, mm-hmm. resulted in a much better outcome. And he probably remembers me more for it now, too. Like, absolutely. I have a personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did that. And then I went to go pick up my plants, and they were beautiful. I mean, thank you for the plants, succulence. Vicky. And then I made some trash videos of my succulents. I'm really excited about them. Look at you. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. One day off and I'm like, I'm going to grow a whole garden. Like, (laughs) Okay, whatever. (laughs) They're all sitting outside, like not planted
1: in the dirt. No, just there. Because I've been editing a blog post all afternoon. (laughs) Girl, don't get me started with my afternoon projects. Like, why doesn't anything take the amount of time you think? So I've been, not a record scratch, but a funny thing. I've been really trying to do better about like planning the things I'm going to work on. And so like I'll write them in my planner and shout out to Amira Rasul, the founder of the Folklore, because mm. she suggested these planners that are changing my life and I love them and everybody Ooh, should get which them. Which planner is this? Um, they're called like the Action Planner. Okay. But they're dope because they're in like, there's just enough pages for 10 weeks each And they don't have the dates pre-written, so you write the date in each day, which is epic if you're, like, a loser like me that doesn't necessarily remember to do it every day. But anyway, it's, like, this kick-ass thing, and it's, like, top three things that have to get done, your goals. It forces you to, like, think through the things you want to feel during the day. Mm -hmm. Like, if today went well, this is how I feel at the end of it. Like, who's someone you need to check in on? It's just the most amazing huh. That sounds really cool. It actually
0: sounds very similar to what I do anyway. I always write down, like, the top three things I need to do every day and what my weekly goal is and my daily goal. But checking in on people and how I feel is is a cool addition.
1: It's levels. I, I, I got to check it levels. out. All right. So I say all that to say, so then the other thing I started doing was, like, on my calendar, like actually blocking out the time that I need to work on things. Oh, I do that. Because if I don't, it just gets filled with meetings and I don't have time to work on anything. A hundred percent. I do that every Sunday night for the entire week. Literally. And I also do it for my weekends, which is kind of terrifying. And I hope that one day I don't have to do that for my weekends anymore. Same, same. (laughs) But the funny part is like, why does nothing ever take the amount of hours I put it on my calendar? So, like, I had all these blocks. I started today at, like, 7.30 a.m. I was ready. And, like, the first thing just took, like, double the time. Mm -hmm. I had, like, four blocks, and I'm still on the block, two. And I'm like, what the hell? Why is it taking so much longer? Sometimes things just do. (sighs) So annoying. But anyway, more record scratch. Or are we ready for our culture moment?
0: I want to talk about a positive Record Scratch moment that is a segue into our culture moment.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: So for folks that didn't see on the internet this week, um, a really cool thing happened. So there was this website called It Is What It Is, and it just asked you for your info, and people signed up thinking that it was going to be like the new clubhouse or something like that. And it went viral, and... Apparently, the people that started it had like VCs all over them and everything. Like, it was going to be the next Facebook. But it turns out, and I heard about this yesterday in Clubhouse, that it was just a joke. And they started it like the eye mouth, eye meme from TikTok, putting this in their Twitter profiles, like the emojis, mm. like eye lips, eye, that emojis. Mm-hmm, mm. And they made this website just kind of for fun, just sort of to see and thought it would be interesting and funny to, like, make a feature off of a meme, which is also very topical for me right now because we're kind of doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't plan to make a product. Like, it isn't anything. It literally is what it says on the tin. Like, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so they got all of this interest and these email addresses. And so they used it to to raise a bunch of money for charity, which was like such a cool thing. And they also did it like within 24 hours. Like, I think the thing came out on like Thursday and like by Friday night, they'd raised like 75K or or more than that, I think, and given it to charity. And then I got an email today that was like, hi, this is what this thing was all about. This is the only email you'll ever get from us for deleting this email list now, bye. And it was just such a cute and extremely well-executed Product slash not product that um, had a really positive outcome. And it was just it was just so cool and so adorable. And I love what these people are making and
1: they deserve it all. I love it. I love stuff like that. It actually is a perfect segue to the what we spotted in the culture this week. Yes. I'll kick it off. So speaking of projects that ended up doing amazingly good things for the world that we need, my friend Joshua Kissy and Mahanila Chowdhury, actually, she just goes by Mahanila. Let me not like add all this extra last name. She's like Madonna levels now. And like 40 other, um, basically like a collective of Black photographers curated like hundreds of impeccable, outstanding like bananas images from other black photographers. And they actually like are doing this sale of the images. The project is called in Black and basically they're raising money for um social justice organizations in America. Using these images and the sale of them to dismantle white supremacy and systematic oppression. And they've already raised $250,000. The levels of incredible, like, one from an execution perspective, it's absolutely stunning and beautiful. Like, I wanna buy all of the art for my imaginary apartment that I don't have. Hmm. Like, (laughs) it's just stunning. And like, these photos
0: are amazing. These are so beautiful. It's
1: wild and it just shows like, like I want
0: all of this. I'm going to also buy it with my imaginary money girl, from my imaginary the
1: levels <laughs> the levels but I I'm committed to like buying this stuff because I'm yeah. like there are so many things I spend money on like I need to invest in this work because it's just like beautiful representation of being black and I just love it because it shows us in so many different hues and situations and environments and it's just like lovely and you Mm -hmm. know for my own self I just love that like people I know and have known for a long time and love and support were behind it like is like bonus but it's just super dope Beyonce even featured it on her like black business site so it's just I'm just super happy for them and what they're doing for the culture to push it forward and using art like as activism is just like the dopest and makes me beyond happy so that's my moment in the culture this week I that love and it. Beyonce's new film on Disney I plus I can't
0: wait though why do i have to buy disney plus to watch that i mean this like happened once before with tidal like can't she just ever release something somewhere where like i'm going to be able to see it nope you got
1: to spend that 999 <laughs> That's just what it is. Beyonce's like. Uh, watch Mm-mm. those Disney Plus trials go up. Here it's it's happening. No, you know what's funny? Disney Plus is pausing their free trials, I think this week. No. Yes, because Hamilton you better get it like today. If you want, but it's still not gonna be long enough to get Beyonce. <laughs> like they are ending their seven-day free trial ahead of the Hamilton release because they know that everyone's gonna try to get a free trial just to see Hamilton on Disney+. Plus.
0: I mean, I would probably so, do that too, even though I don't like musicals, but I've heard it is good. This is
1: where we differ. You know, I, I love know. a musical. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm just ready to sing. Just ready to sing. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> so in a very different kind of music this week, I highly recommend listening to that new Arca album that came out. It is really, really exceptional. And I love Arca's music because it's just so it's always so surprising and so fresh and so different. And this, this album is like super,
1: it's intense. It's a lot, but it's really worth a listen. You should get into it. I'm excited, Venezuelan record producer. I had to Google it. I was like, Arca, hands always having like the mute. I'm so big. Ba- I feel, I feel <laughs> like when I'm not talking to you, I feel like I'm like this like legit music person. And then when we get on the cast, I'm just like, I don't actually know shit <laughs> about music. Let me Google these people that Hannah's talking about. Like that's how I feel. Every week. I don't know but about that. I learned plenty about music from you too, Sheree. It's just Afrobeats. That's all I know. Afrobeats, <laughs> like that's it. But I'm I'm coming for you next week. I'm my uh COVID New York escape buddy is actually an amazing musician. Her name is Carmen Rogers, and she's a part of the Foreign Exchange. Mm. And so she has all the tunes. So I'm going to start shazamming them and just like making them my culture moment on the pod just so I can compete with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. We're both so competitive. We're like, we need to make this a competition, even though it's just supposed to be a conversation. But we're going to make it a competition anyway to see if we can have better music recommendations. <laughs>
1: Sorry, y'all. This is just where we went today. (laughs) So it started off heavy, but we're still here. It's still the same charade. We
0: should wrap it up. We got some good takeaways this week. I think. That first big takeaway um, that you talked about in your moment, Sheree, about not letting your ghosts of the past or the mistakes like stifle you. And that I also kind of talked about in my more silly Twitter moment. I think that is a huge takeaway, especially for women listeners, because this happens to us so much.
1: Yeah. Like you get so scared of like, all the things you did before, that you don't use your voice where it's needed. And
0: yeah, those are You're so afraid of being wrong because people told you you were wrong. And
1: you weren't actually, they were just gaslighting you, but you're worried anyway. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And like your voice is needed. And so like definitely don't let your past mistakes put you in a position where like you're putting a muzzle on yourself because people need you and they need your support in ways that you might not originally realize, but- Our
0: voices are valuable.
1: Yeah and i think sort of related the other takeaway is like let's like stop tucking away our traumas and the bullshit mm. but also find your own way to deal with it i think we as women like we are in the age of canceling folks we are in the and i think there's power to some of that as an approach cuz sometimes people just aren't listening and you got to do it this way but i think if you don't want to do it that way just make sure you do it some way like find your path to dealing with your traumas and like big or small and like don't tuck them away. Mm-hmm. Cause I think tucking them away just gives them this like chance to grow into this like little monster yeah. that like that actually needs. just gives them more power over you in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. You wanna bring us home with the final takeaway hand?
0: Yeah. I think that last one is is just like that people are always watching what you do say and what you don't say. And the more I suppose public or famous you become, the more
1: that is the case. Let me not be famous. (laughs) I don't know that I want to be famous. Um, but public, I guess, is no choice. Public,
0: But, like, I remember this very early on in my career. Like, I was running a team of designers at Last of M when I was in my mid-twenties. Like, if anybody knew how old I was, they probably wouldn't have let me do it. I was, like, 24 years old running that shit thing. and Doing the things. <laughs> I was terrified of this because all of a sudden, like, I was somebody on the internet. And previously, mm. I was nobody on the internet. And then all of a sudden, I had a voice. And people were listening and they were watching. And unfortunately, it was so scary that I ended up just like not saying as much as I could have, mm. which was point number two. Mm-hmm. But people are, are always watching. And I think we are always watching each other anyway. Mm-hmm. We're curious human beings. But the more that we're like presented to others, the more we're on stage, the more other people have that opportunity. And it's just something to be aware of Absolutely. and get comfortable with, like comes with the territory.
1: Well, on that note, you folks listening in, thank you. I mean, we are like really past the halfway point on our season. So if it's your first time listening in, please go back and hear all the other got real moments of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let us know what you think. I mean, we're bringing up things that you might still be talking about amongst your friends. I'd love to know what you think. I know hand with too. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Pod. Slide in our DMs, make a comment on the post. Um, if there's something you have a question about, feel free to ask us. But you can catch us again next Thursday right here on the place where you listen to all of the things. And we are out of here.